Hey guys, welcome to the Behavior Tech's Anonymous podcast. I am your host, Ms. Ashley, and I'm a behavior tech. Let's reinforce some of my behaviors. Hey everyone, thank you for coming to this meeting of Behavior Tech's Anonymous. I am Miss Ashley, and today I'm going to be talking at you guys about um, being an RBT in an in-home setting, which is my least favorite setting. I hate doing in-home work, and it's important, and blah, 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 but um, I can't stand it, okay? I, I feel like I need to get all of the bad out of the way before I can even focus on like any of the positives for it. I just don't like it at all. Number one, I don't like being in other people's homes. Like, okay, so you know at night when you, like, drive by and people have, like, their windows open and, like, the lights on and you can, like, kind of see. Like, I like that. Like, I like, like, getting, like, little glimpses. I don't like actually having to be in people's homes and, like, working in their homes. I feel like I am invading their space. I feel like I'm in the way. I don't like having, like, the family stare at me when I'm doing stuff. Um... I don't like being in there when I'm hearing, like, domestic disputes. I don't, I just, oh, gosh. I need to gather myself. Because I just get, like, so, like, thrown into a tizzy thinking about it. Because it just sucks. <sighs> Breathe, Ashley. Okay, sorry. Sorry, everyone. In-home therapy can be, no. In-home therapy is very important for the family when done correctly with a lot of um, like great support from your supervisor. There is no reason to fear in-home therapy. I had a great supervisor. However, <laughs> I've had some not so great families. Not all of them were bad. Um, a lot of them are very welcoming. They were very kind. I've had some families that were not welcoming or kind, which was always confusing because you, you wanted me here. Why are you mad at me? Um, I've like talked to a couple people and, you know, I specifically asked for like the horror stories because I feel like those are more fun to listen to. They're just juicier. And I feel like the horror stories are more like real life than the good ones, just anywhere ever. I feel like you can never really know something unless you know, like, the bad of it. So, this one RBT that I used to work with, she told me a story about how she went into somebody's home, and when she went in there, they told her that she needed to take off her shoes, which is fine, you know, that's a common rule for a lot of households. However, the family's home was not clean enough to walk in without some form of footwear. And they did not want any footwear. And she said that she could see like cockroaches and there was um, like those glue mousetrap things just like full of like roaches and spiders and stuff in like the corners of the house. And she could like see it. She said it wasn't a hoarder situation, but it was definitely borderline hoarders. And uh, I just can't. 
I just can't even imagine like walking into that. And I've heard other horror stories too of people like walking into people's homes and it's just it's just like a mess. But having a messy home is not the issue. The issue is how you treat the people coming into your home, whether it's clean or not. Um, it's just better to kind of have like a little bit of a heads up because also at the time it was during, was it during COVID? It was during COVID or right after like the big COVID explosion. And the um, BCBA hadn't been in there yet to like see everything and view everything. So they had no idea. So she had no idea what she was walking into. And then she walked into what she had. Which is just not great. And another one, another person told me about how like they were like in the house and they had to like call um nine one one because a domestic dispute started happening in the other room between um two of the family members. And she said it was like really, really bad. She actually got really scared and she wanted to leave, but she didn't want to leave the client alone and she didn't know what to do. So she called 911 and then when the cops showed up, obviously, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not obvious. If you've ever been in any kind of like experience like that, where there is um, somebody who's really escalated and people are fighting and the police show up. A lot of the times what's happening is the person who was the most escalated and violent will calm down immediately and try to seem more rational to the police officers. Um, almost it's, it's to get the police on their side, but it's also just like very like stressful when you see it, but that's what she had to do. And when the family member realized that the police were there, you know, the police came, they checked it out and stuff. And she was said that she was getting her stuff to go. And like, as she was leaving, um, the family member who had, you know, was talking to the police stopped and turned and was yelling at her and telling her that she didn't need to come back ever again. And how they, the lies that they told were like ruining the family's life or something. I don't know. But apparently they got reported for CPS, but she wasn't even the one that called. Okay. It was, this, it was this child's school that called. But that really doesn't matter because we just get blamed for everything anyway. Um, and I had a situation kind of similar of like that happened to me. Not as extreme as hers, but... And it happened like multiple times in different homes. And I feel like maybe that was just me, like the luck of the draw. I... It was enough. It was enough to like traumatize me to the point where I was like, I can't do in home anymore. I remember talking to the clinical director, like begging her to please, please let me come back into the clinic. I couldn't, I could not because my in-home experience, um, I was in several homes, several homes during the pandemic. And I just, I was a baby RBT, brand new, out of the womb. And I, you know, COVID hit and I had to go in home. Actually, I'm so sorry. That's not true. I didn't have to. Okay. The company asked for people who would like to work or who would like to stay home. And I chose to work. Why did I do that? I'm, I'm a pathological people pleaser. And I was like, I'm going to do it. That and I 
pretty sure I really needed the money at the time, but who can remember that long ago? I was probably poor. I'm poor now. But I just, even when the families were like good and like the best, like I never felt comfortable in their home. I never felt comfortable um, doing the behavioral interventions, like especially like behavior management when their child was escalated. Now, maybe I could handle it a little bit better. I'm really good at behavioral de-escalation. I'm really good at it. But at the time, I was not. And when their child would, like, scream and, like, throw things and stuff, you know, they would come in and they'd be like, stop it, blah, 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 and, like, try to really, like, help out with them. It really overwhelmed me. I just was feeling, like, super embarrassed all the time. I didn't want them to see me like that. Um, but I just couldn't do it anymore. So I had to ask and beg to come back into like the clinic setting. And I was in back in the clinic for how long? Maybe four months. And then I realized I was just burnt out altogether. And I had to, I had to skedaddle on out of there. Um, but anyway, so in-home is different. Um, oh, you know what? One time when I was in-home, my car's battery died and I was like oh no because I was like actively trying to leave and my car was in their driveway um and I was about like what was it it was like 10 minutes of me like trying to just like start my car so I could go because I was exhausted and it wouldn't start so I went and I knocked on the door and as I knocked on the door their garage door had opened and the mom had come out and she was like, you need to move your car. I need to go. And I was like, I, I can't. Like, can you just, like, jump my car really quick? Because, like, I can't. My car's battery died. And she was like, no, I need to go. I'll help you push it out of the driveway. And I was like, what? And then, obviously, like, I'm super awkward, so I didn't say anything. And she just, like, helped me put my car in neutral and, like, push it out of her driveway so she could back up and go around me. And I was just stuck there. And I really didn't know what to do because I would have normally just called my dad and been like, Dad, you have to come out me. But I didn't want to get in trouble because, um, you know, like giving out like the address. Or, and I started overthinking it. And I was like, well, what if HIPAA gets upset that I gave an address adjacent to this one? What if, what if this isn't good enough? What if blah, 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 blah. And then I'd call AAA and the AAA told me that it was going to take them like forever to come out to me because of the location of where the house was, which was like out in the, out in, out in the far, far away land. Like it was like never ever land compared to where I live now. I was like, okay. And I was just sitting there. It was really awkward. I remember like the neighbors coming out and like looking at me, just <laughs> sitting in like the street. Um, I did end up eventually calling my dad I had to ask one of their neighbors for permission because again I'm awkward I don't know why I didn't just do it and then my dad had to come save me it was a really nice family and I was very confused she must have just really wanted to leave that day I don't know I remember just feeling very sad I was like what do you mean I was just in there getting beat up by your kid for four hours you won't even jump the car? Like, come on, ma'am. It's not like it's a over $10 gift or anything. I can accept that. But I'm not really sure how common that story could be for other people. So you're like, oh, man, I can't, can't work at home. What if my car stopped? 
I'm sure that if you're in home and that happens, somebody's going to help you, or maybe you'll be closer to a major city so that AAA will come to you in a timely manner. But, um, ah, she was not going to jump. She was not about to do that. I don't know. She had to go pick up them groceries, probably. Because, again, it was during, during the dark times. It was during the pandemic. So it's not like there was a lot of places for people to be going. All right. So at this point, I feel like I can feel the stares of the people who are very by the book with their responses on, like, giving ABA therapy in different settings. I can feel them saying, like, well, now we get to see what the child is like in its natural environment. That's where it lives. That's where, that's where everything goes down. And it's like, I get it. I do get it. However, I don't, I don't care about that right now. Because I need to advocate for myself. And I understand, I understand that they might need that in-home therapy. What I'm saying is that that person cannot be me. It cannot. I am not as infective in home as I am in a clinic or in a school setting. I, it's just, it's just who I am. And if in-home and working with um, the child in their natural environment is something that you are super passionate about, I encourage you to go do that. I would do it again for my current clients if I needed if they needed it. Like if it was like part of the job like going at home and like doing the parent trainings is not the part that bothers me. The part that bothers me is when we're not doing the parent trainings. And I don't know why, but that's just how it is. I actually really enjoy training parents, especially, you know, like those parents that like really want to learn. I get all jazzed about it. If they get jazzed, we're all jazzed. And the client's not. The client's usually annoyed by it, but I like that part of in-home. And like, um, I don't know, like that's really like the best part for me is being able to train the families and show them how the inventions can work and all that stuff. Like that part, like I'm like, yeah. But then when I just think about doing like, like DTT at a little tiny table for hours and hours and hours. And you know, like a lot of families don't really want you to like move about their house, which fair enough, because I would not either. So then we're like confined to one room. And then what happens is that the child's used to being able to walk freely around their home. So they're like, okay, bye. And they just want to run. They just want to elope away and like around their house, which fair enough because it's their house. Then if I'm not allowed to work in the other rooms, I have to like get them to go back into the room. Then they run away. Then we have to go back. And then we run away. And then we go back because we're not allowed to work in the other rooms. I made that mistake like one time in this one home. Um, The client did not, did not want to be in the therapy space. And it was like in this... In this, like, really cool, like, finished part of their house. I'm trying to be, like, as vague as possible, but it was really cool. It was all, like, decked out. There was a bunch of games down there. There was, like, an airsoft table and stuff. I'm sorry. Not airsoft. Air hockey table. Airsoft would be horrific during an ABA session. It was really cool. And then they didn't care about that. They didn't care about how cool it was. They wanted to run out anyway. They wanted to go upstairs. They wanted to go outside. They wanted to go anywhere else but in that space. And I was getting so upset. And I 
remember being like, fine, whatever. If you want to be upstairs, we're going to do this upstairs. And while I was upstairs, um, the child's, the child's um, elder, one of their elders, like slammed his hands down on the table and was like, you are not supposed to be up here. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Little Billy just wanted to come upstairs. He didn't want to be in that room anymore. Just yada, yada, yada. And he was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What don't you understand? You are not supposed to be up here. We don't want you in this room. It was just the kitchen, by the way. Like we were at like the dining room table. And he was just so upset. And I was like, oh my goodness gracious. This man is about to lock me in a room somewhere. I genuinely believe that if I had been alone with that elder, that he would have he would have locked me down in the room that they had us in. I don't know why. I, it's just a feeling. When you know, you know. And I know that he was very just mad that I was there. He did not understand, I think, what I was doing. And he heard the client crying a lot. So I think it would just, like, set him off. But I was like, sir, please stop yelling. I'm going to cry. I just did not have it in me to be fighting with these people. Let's face it, I never fought with them. I was always so scared because I was in their home. I didn't want to, like, make them uncomfortable in their own home, even though they were perfectly fine making me uncomfortable. Jerks. Um... I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out which good one I want to tell now. Which one? Which one is a good one? Oh, I had this one family and they were like a big like blended family. It was really beautiful to see actually. It was really cute. I think about them a lot. Um, but you know, like I would be there really late. Like I think that I left I would leave at like six or six thirty every day, which I guess doesn't sound like super late, but like that's really late for me. I'm pretty much tapped out at like 3.30. So I would leave like really late. And then they would always try to get me to like stay for dinner. And they were like, come on, join us, blah, blah, blah. You've been working really hard. You know, why don't you just come just sit down and enjoy? We're like, join us. It'll be really good. We've made all this food. I'm like, I really wish I could. It smells really good. I really want to, but like I cannot. Because I'm such a stupid rule follower. Why do I follow the rules? Anyway, and they were like, oh, please, 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 please. We won't tell anybody. We do. And then they said, we do this with the other techs that come in here. Um, you know, they stay. You can stay, too. And I was like, no. And they're like, we won't tell anybody. And I was like, you just told me you do it for everybody else. There's only there's only three of us who come into this house. So you're talking about the other two. No, thank you. They were great, though. I really wish I stayed for dinner. Every time I think about them, I wish about all the times I could have stayed for dinner. Because <laughs> it always smelled so good, too. Ugh. I will say, though, is that the clients... I've had more clients graduate from needing services from doing the in-home therapy than I had from, like, a clinic. And then, like, in a school, they don't necessarily graduate. It's a whole weird thing. But in home, I've had more, more success, I think. Um, and I do believe that is due to the natural environment that they are in. 
and they're more like comfortable and relaxed when they're learning. I just hate it in there. I just can't do it. I want to. I want to like it. I know that there's a lot of people who love it. Like, I, I know RBTs that will only do in-home. Only in-home. They just they they just love it. They have a really big passion for it, which good on them. Because could not be me. Oh, you know what? Another thing that you need to think about for agreeing to do in-home therapy is their people's pets. I'm cool with pets. I love animals. I really do. Um, I had a coworker who absolutely hated dogs. And she went into one of the same homes that I was going into. And she came back out. And I remember she actually left early. And it was her first day there. So she just, you know, was going in happy, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. She's a very good RBT. And while she was there... The dog, the dog that they had, like, ran up to her. He's a real friendly boy. He's a good boy. But she was, like, not having it. She told me that he smelled, that there was hair all over him, and he just kept trying to, like, lick her and wouldn't leave her alone. And she said she just couldn't do it anymore, so she had to leave early, like, on her first day there. And I was like, girl, it's just a dog. She was like, no, I hate it. I hate dogs. Nobody told me there was a dog in there. Somebody should have warned me. And I was like, well, I sorry, I really just didn't think about it. He's a good boy. I mean, I, well, he was fine. Like, did he try to, like, do anything to you? And she was like, no, he just wouldn't leave me alone. And I was like, yeah, well, he's a big old dog. Like, that's what he does. And then I had another one who... I had this RBT friend who was like terrified of cats. And when the family's cat would come up to her, like just like totally obsessed with her, always try to like rub on her. She said that she would like try really hard not to like scream and run away that she would just get up and like remove herself from the space. Even if she was like on the other side of the room, like away from her client and try to like, she said that she like, would toss like pillows at the cat to try to like scare it and she said that only worked like 60% of the time the other 40% the cat would like come closer to her and try to like love on her and she was terrified the cat was gonna like eat her face or something it's hilarious uh, I mean I guess sorry if you're also afraid of cats but like come on now at least say that, you know, at least say that you don't like dogs or you're afraid of cats. At least they didn't have like a scorpion or something. Scorpions are scary. And they can actually like stab you, kill you. Ooh, I went to one house one time and they had like a giant corn snake. It was huge. I was a big fan. I wanted to pick it up so bad. Ugh. I wanted to pick it up so bad. They also had hamsters. And I got, I was like, why well, you got all these little hamsters and a corn snake? And they were like, oh, well, this is theirs. This is their siblings. And the corn snake is their uncles. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, they're just really going to sit there and lie to me. Like, they're not feeding the hamsters to this giant snake. Right. Um, another thing to kind of keep in mind is that families do, obviously, have racial biases and just bias in general so if you're ever in a home and you feel like you are being um 
discriminated against, that was the word I was looking for, discriminated against, make sure you tell your BCBA and your supervisor all of that stuff. And I would suggest just not going back in. I know some RBTs, which I know I keep saying, I know a lot of RBTs. Anyway, I know um, some RBTs, one in particular had a really rough time in this home and she didn't say anything, but she just kept, she kept going back in. And then one day she had left in absolute tears and they ended up calling in um, one of her coworkers to come in and take the next session. And I guess as soon as the coworker went in, she saw the rebel flag on their living room wall and just like a lot of like racist, a lot of racist stuff just like around the house. Um, and she says she immediately like turned around and walked out. She was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to give therapy here. Their BCBA was not as understanding as the ones that I've had and just really just like crapped on them for it. Um, I remember that she like called them baby. She told them they needed to get over it and to grow up and that this was part of their job. And if they couldn't see past something as simple as like a flag and a couple knickknacks, then maybe this job wasn't for them. And I know the one quit, but the other one did not and just kept torturing herself with it. Once again, I'm going to be asking you guys to advocate for yourselves because that's weird and that's not okay. And regardless of what color your skin is or whatever skin color that they were um, just totally against, like that's not something that should be tolerated across the board and it needed to be fixed. And the just supervisor just wasn't. And I don't want you guys to put yourselves in that situation. I wouldn't put myself in that kind of situation. And I would encourage everybody to just not do that. But then there's also like the flip side where I've had RBTs say that they don't like going into a home because of a certain family's like culture or beliefs. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that because you're going into their home. That's their life. And it's not like their cultures and beliefs are going exactly like against you as a person which I believe the rebel flag and the racist, the racist knickknacks do do that. Like that's what they, that's what they symbolize just point blank. Um, but like religious items, like crosses on the wall or menorahs being displayed or the star of David. I mean, that's, that's their religion. That's who they are. That's part of their culture. And I remember being like very disappointed in somebody who I thought at the time was my friend because they didn't want to go in this one family's household because they didn't like the smell of their cooking. And they didn't say it as like a joke. Like they said it because they meant it. And luckily for that family that RBT had suggested to switch to a different family. And that's perfectly acceptable because I, I could never imagine thinking that and then saying it out loud for other people to hear and then thinking that it's fine. But that's, I feel like that's, this is like a whole other podcast. Um, but that's just stuff to kind of be mindful of in home and kind of like understanding your place and your role and trying to get the family to understand it. It can be a little bit of an uphill battle. Um, but the very last thing I want to make sure you guys understand about working in home, and it's very important because this is like across the board, 
is no matter what home you go into, when you have to use the bathroom, you're going to have to use their bathroom, a stranger's bathroom in their house. It's just, that's a nightmare for me. That's like the worst thing, hands down, is having to use somebody else's bathroom in their house. Imagine something goes wrong. And then you're going to be the RBT who came in and like busted their bowl. You want to be a bowl buster? Maybe they call the plumber and the plumber's like, yeah, they busted your toilet bowl. It's, it's gone. Like it's so, the pipes are, the pipes are just destroyed. What if that happens to you? And then you have to go and you have to tell your supervisor what happened. And then the company has to pay for it. That's literally like went through my mind. I feel like a crazy person sometimes, but like for real, that's what I think about. I get so scared. But anyway, we're going to start closing out. Um, If you want to know more about working at home or hearing about any other experiences of in home, you can go to the Behavior Text Anonymous um, Instagram page. There's also the Facebook page, and you can also email me at hello at behaviortextanon.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at behaviortextanon.com. Um, before we go, I'm going to read us our ethics code, the RBT ethics code of the day. And it's ethics code 1.8. RBTs do not harass or discriminate against others, examples, clients and coworkers. They behave toward others in an equitable and inclusive manner, regardless of age, disability, ethnicity, gender, I oh, sorry, gender expression slash identity, immigration status, marital slash relationship status, national origin, race, religion, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, or any other basis prescribed by law. Don't be out there discriminating. That ain't right. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining this meeting of Behavior Text Anonymous. I am hoping, I am hoping and praying that I can finally schedule time because I just don't have time for things to have somebody come in for next week's episode, which will be in two Tuesdays. So not next Tuesday, the 12th, but Tuesday, the 19th. And until then, I hope to see you guys. On my Instagram page specifically, that's where I post most of my stuff, to be honest with you, is on Instagram. I do the other ones too, um, but Instagram is just like my favorite little platform to use. It's just, it's such a smooth transition, not a sponsor. And I'm also on Reddit frequently asking questions, trying to talk to people, you know, just build me up. All right, you guys, I hope to see you soon. Be safe out there. Have a good, safe holiday season. Um, If you want to send me presents, that would be cool, but make sure it's less than $10. All right, you guys, thank you so much. I will see you at the next meeting.